0: Hi, this is Missing Pieces, MPE Life, and I'm your host, Don Anderson. This is Season 4, Episode 6, Finding Deanna's Dad. You know, I've always had this goal, like I wanted to, in real time, help somebody find out who their parent or parents are and kind of make an episode of it. But the thing is, it's just, the research is so tedious. But I think I figured out a way to do it. I don't know. You be the judge. Instead of using the recordings that I've done along the way, I decided to just do one interview afterwards, and I would be both narrator and interviewer. So if that gets confusing, I apologize. Also, I'd like to apologize. I haven't been putting out very many episodes recently, and I know some of you guys are newer and you count on the episodes along with other podcasts you listen to about this, and I I apologize But I've just been so busy. Like, this job doesn't pay anything, (laughs) the podcast. And um, I have to work sometimes and do other things. And it takes up a lot of time, those other jobs I have. So I haven't been able to do it. But why cry over spilled milk? You're here and I'm here. Let's enjoy this episode. If you want to get in touch with me, you can write me at donnpe at icloud.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram. My account there is npe underscore live underscore podcast. And get in touch with me. I love hearing from you guys. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Leave a review. I really, really appreciate those of you that do. And if you want to support the show, one way you can do that is by buying cool-ass t-shirts, mugs, and whatnot that I have on Printify. Go to missingpieces.printify dot me and order yours today. The t-shirts are awesome and then send me a picture and I'll put it on Instagram. Now here's Diana and her story.
1: Okay, my name's Diana and uh, I grew up in Thousand Oaks,
0: which is in Southern California. It's in Southern California yeah. yes close to LA. Would you say if you like met somebody from Kentucky, would you say I'm from LA? I
1: would say I was from LA, yeah, yeah. even though it was 45 minutes and it's technically <laughs> Ventura County. It's yeah. the very beginning of Ventura County, but
0: still, I'd still say LA. Yeah, I would too if I was from there. First of all, I just want to say thanks for coming. <laughs> We've like, oh,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Deanna thinks I'm a nut because we tried recording a couple different times and one time I didn't have the card in but I didn't know I didn't have the card until we were talking for like 15 minutes and I looked down and it wasn't recording I'm like oh my god so I hit the record button again talked for a while and looked down and it wasn't recording (laughs) and I realized there was no card in the recorder but there is today so tell me about like what's your first memory
1: it's funny, my first memory is getting in the back of my grandfather's El Camino in the back cab with the gym top on and going to get my picture taken at Sears when I was like two and a half or three, really?
0: Wow, all right. So tell me, so you didn't grow up with your mom?
1: I did not. i I lived with my mom until I was ten months old. and then i I got pneumonia. And my grandparents came to check on me, and my mom had left me in the care of my seven-year-old sisters. So they took me home when I was 10 months old, and they were 60 and 65, and I never left. I just stayed there.
0: Wow. And then, so seven-year-old sisters, twins?
1: They're my half-sisters, yes. They're twins.
0: Okay. And so did you always know they were your half-sisters?
1: I did for sure, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my mom raised them and my and my half brother as well. They all have the same father.
0: All three of them. Yeah. And then and so you grew up knowing not knowing who your father was.
1: I did not.
0: And so tell me a little bit about that like like was there somebody on your birth certificate?
1: It says on my birth certificate refuses to state and I that was my mother refusing to state who the father was.
0: Wow. I don't think I've ever heard that. Oh, really? That refusing to state. I just thought it was left blank, but maybe people just don't say that if they're, you know what I mean? They just say there's no name on it. Um, But.
1: I guess I've heard unknown. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've heard but I that. Get, yeah, but it, it does say refuses to state.
0: That's kind of. Kind of cool, a little bit. You got a little rebellion yeah. starting off right away. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up with your grandmother, grandparents. But did you see your mom?
1: I did. I didn't see my mom. I guess my mom kind of took off, and you know, uh, I don't remember not seeing her. And I, I guess uh, when I was two, she came back and and said she would take me, and it ended up I stayed with my grandparents, but. Uh, she ended up dating someone and getting married to them. And I would spend weekends with her. When I was a kid, I would go like spend the weekend at her house. She she lived in Thousand Oaks uh, in Newbury Park, which is right next to Thousand Oaks. So it was close. So I would go over there and spend weekends and she raised dogs. And so I would go to dog shows with her. And she taught me how to show her dogs when I was like nine. So I would help her do that with her husband. She, yeah. So, so I stayed with her on the weekends, and um, then she got divorced when I was about eleven, and and then she moved, and I didn't see her again till I was twenty eight.
0: Wow! So that guy that she was married to was just stepdad, right?
1: He was. It's funny. I I, I I always just thought of him. His name was Greg. He was actually uh, really, really sweet to me. Um, but I never really thought of him as like a stepdad because I had my grandfather. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I They would never let me call them mom or dad. Like they, I was their grand, grandparents. But my mom never implied like, oh, it's your stepdad. It was more like, and Greg. Right.
0: <laughs> so I just followed suit. Right. And he wasn't the other kid's dad. No, because they were older.
1: No, their dad, um, my mom divorced him, was divorcing him around the time she got pregnant with me.
0: Okay. So when did you start or did you ask about who your dad was?
1: You know, when I was little, I didn't really think about it too much. I started to think about it probably high school age. My mom would never tell me. She gave me some names that so my mom told me that my name my dad's uh name was Alan Black and she had told me that going forward and nobody really remembers, you know, my my uncle had said that she he met him and, you know, Everyone in my family—my grandmother, my mom. My mom's like five foot. My sisters are my 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 sisters are five two. Like you know, my grandma's like four eleven. So I uh, I'm not. I'm like five nine. So then it's like, oh, he's really tall. And um, my uncle said, oh, when he came in the house, he had he kind of had your face like you look like blah 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 this person so um so yeah that's that's the that's the name she gave
0: she gave me um in high school and then did your i mean your siblings were seven years older than you mm-hmm. so or the twins at least um i mean the, did you ever ask them they i mean i don't know if that makes sense or not to ask them but
1: i yeah I, I have. And they, they really, I don't believe that they really knew. Right. I think that my mom spent a lot of time out and had them staying with my grandparents a lot.
0: And then, so Alan Black, that was the name?
1: That was the name that my mom gave me, yes.
0: And, and then, so was she in a relationship with him, did she say?
1: She said that she was dating him for a few months.
0: Great. Got it. Um, and then did you ask where he was?
1: She said that he worked at Continental Graphics and that he she met him and he was in Burbank.
0: Which ironically is where we are right now.
1: It is. <laughs> Coincidentally,
0: <laughs> maybe not ironic. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, did it feel like, like, did you ever search for him?
1: So at that time, no. And, you know, it really wasn't the uh, I'm a, it was like the the mid early, like the mid later 80s, mid 80s. And the Internet really wasn't as accessible and especially living at my grandparents and phones weren't as you know, it was uh, I had a pager. and uh, so no I didn't Um, and then and maybe a little bit of fear or or just kind of like putting uh, you know putting it would have been more difficult I'd I'd but I probably could have gone and like even looked and like called the company that she said that he worked at at that point and uh, but I didn't and then in my 20s I started I one day decided to call around and like call the company that, um, he worked at and the person on the phone, I asked for Alan Black and the person on the phone said, he hasn't worked here in like a few years and that he moved to Arizona. So I started calling names in, 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 uh, Arizona that with that name and, um, Got some people that was like, well, probably not my dad, but you're pretty funny. Like, it'd be cool if you were, (laughs) you know, because the answers that I got from people, it's like, well, why are you calling? Well, I'm looking for my dad. Are you a black woman? No. But (laughs) it was like, it was almost like, are you my daughter?
0: (laughs) All right. It's doubtful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and yeah.
0: (laughs) Hilarious. How, how did you get the numbers? Just, the just in books?
1: like the yes,
0: like the yeah, going to the library that kind of thing.
1: I didn't go to the library. I actually, um, at that point, I I think it was like I think I was it was far enough in my twenties that I actually, you know, well, I was using a computer. Oh, okay, yeah. At that point,
0: you were born in seventy two,
1: right? I am, yeah, yeah. I kind of just gave up, like, and I put it out of my mind, and then. Um, I was talking to my mom later, and she gave me... Later when? Later, like, probably like in my early 30s. And I was talking to her about the... Asking her questions about this person that she had told me all along was my father. And then she gave me the name of uh, another person and i said well you've been saying it was this other person for so long and then she said something about this guy was a really good dancer and blah you know he had he has a lot of money and you know he has a lot of money. Like, that's supposed to convince me he's my dad. And I'm like, I don't think it works that way. Like, I think that it has to be proven. And she's like, well, I'd have to contact him. You know, what if he doesn't remember me? And I thought, well, that is probably not the route I want to go if I'm going to talk to someone, having her be my my voice before. Mm-hmm. So... Uh that just kind of frustrated me, and I don't even remember that person's name because it seemed kind of preposterous to me to just all of a sudden bring out this other person. And when I'm like, where'd they come from? Well, he has a lot of money. It's like, well, what does that have to do with right. being my father?
0: Yeah. So it was a totally different name, not the Alan Black that she – Totally, yes. Yeah. Okay. And did you look for that guy? No. Yeah, because you just didn't believe her?
1: No. It. I never. It, it. It came out of the ether, and it wasn't like it just came out of nowhere, and it, and it had no like backstory, like it had no like I met him here, and this is the time frame, and this is what you know. I just kind of felt like, well, you're just you. Maybe you don't know who my dad is, right? And she had said at one point, I didn't want to tell you who your dad was because he would have just taken you when you were a kid. away and I thought like I'm I this is she going back to when I was a teenager she she had said that and I thought well you didn't raise me anyway
0: Hmm.
1: my grandparents did yeah so why would that be such a concern for you
0: did you say that or you just thought it
1: I just thought it. Yeah. At some point in my life, I might have said that. Yeah. But at that moment, no. Yeah. She never d- did take uh, responsibility for any of her actions. As well as with my sisters that lived with her, um, There, there's no accountability for anything. Does that make sense? hmm So it's kind of pointless to try.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I'd have conversations and she'll be talking about something from the past and I'll say, well, I was there and it didn't happen like that. And this is my perception. And then would talk right over me with her perception. Like I was an invisible voice. So it, um, but it's interesting cause I was raised from 10 months old with my grandparents. So I don't know. It doesn't emotionally affect me as much as it does my siblings that she raised because it's like kind of a little more distant. Right. And as I got older, I did argue and I would argue about things and it would become this like escalation and, uh, you know, and. I started to just say, I'm sorry you feel that way, instead of arguing with her. And it was almost like cutting off Samson's hair. She didn't know how to respond. Right. She just, oh. <laughs> oh, we're not going to fight? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I've done that too. It blows people's mind.
1: When, when, you no, know, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like,
0: <laughs> sounds like there might have been some narcissistic traits in your mom, which is kind of common for people that wind up on this podcast. Oh, really? (laughs) Very much so, yeah. Okay. So flash forward to much later in life, Deanna is married has a couple kids, and she went camping with a friend.
1: So I took the 23andMe test in 2017, but my mom had passed away in 2014. I was actually camping, and a friend that um, was visiting from England had told me about taking it and finding out some genetic like predispositions about themselves that were helpful to know in like prevention and longevity. And they were talking about their DNA results and being different than they had originally thought. And so then I decided to sign up for that because that was what I'd kind of heard about. And not knowing half of my DNA, I always wondered, I I had had kids already when I took it. And I thought, you know, when it, when there's questions like, does this run in your family? I only know half of my family. I can't answer the other, the, like, I can only speak for my mom's side of the family. I have no idea what runs in the other side of my family to answer those questions. So... It was partially that, and then when um, when I did it, I don't have any markers that predispose me to anything except I said that I had a thirteen percent increase for Alzheimer's, but I'll forget, so that's okay. And um, they, uh, yeah, so then I did that, and then I, it came up with a a, um, a first cousin on there. It said.
0: So the woman she matched with closest was named Jessie, we'll call it Ramirez, and she was born in 1995. Deanna was born in 1972. So um, they matched at 872 centimorgans, which is first cousin range. However, it's not the only relative that comes in that same range. We'll talk about more of that later. But so Deanna and Jessie thought that they were first cousins, so they were trying to figure it out starting from that premise. And this was really the first thing that Jesse wrote back to her. Hello, Deanna. Are you related to Bernadine C., Sabina K., or Bridget McGee? Obviously, I'm using initials instead of last names. And the last last name is fake. But Deanna wasn't related to any of those people that she knew of.
1: It really didn't go anywhere. I it, She answered me trying to figure out who I would be related to and i told her the truth that i didn't really know what side i was related to that i was trying to figure that out and then she got back and forth to, with me for a while and then it just kind of like fizzled out cuz it wasn't really going anywhere but then i figured out my my cousin on my mom's side my my uncle's daughter joined 23 and me and I know she's my she. I know she's my first cousin. So when I saw her compared to this person, the segments were s- almost the same shared. So I thought, okay, I think this person's definitely on my dad's side because here's proof of my
0: cousin. Right, and they weren't related, right? At all. Yeah,
1: they, we had no shared. Uh, they had no shared.
0: Son of Morgans. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but it just kind of fizzled out because you couldn't figure it out.
1: Yeah, I did. And then I reached out to some other, like, random, uh, like, you know, second cousin, but I didn't really hear
0: back from any of those people. And did you look up the name Black, like, to see if you're related to any of them? Or if they were any Blacks on there?
1: Uh, And I didn't find any. Yeah. Yeah, I I kept looking.
0: So, and at that time, did you, like, talk to your husband about it? Like, I'm just going to drop it? Like, what?
1: No, I talked to my husband about it. And he even saw the, you know, person that uh, was my first cousin. And I'm like, look, this comes up as my first cousin. And my husband's like, she kind of has like a resemblance to you in a funny way. Like, she kind of has like, you know, I think, I don't know if that's like through, you know,
0: suggestion or... So was that Jesse that you're talking about? It was. Who's like half Hispanic and...
1: Right. And it showed that, but he said that he saw like some sort of, it, you know, it could have been, it could have been, you know, how like if you look hard enough, but he's like, I kind of see like yeah, something.
0: No, totally. You can do that till uh-huh. Like it's crazy. But I mean, also just because someone's different ethnicity doesn't mean you can't look have, like them. Yeah. Yeah. And then did anything happen in between then and when we met? in terms not, of i'm sure a lot happened
1: <laughs> oh yeah in life but but like at things with with developing like you know kind of looking no it it did not
0: meanwhile there's this woman named Cindy who cuts my hair or used to cut my hair until i shaved it but she cuts my wife's hair my wife's friends hair so we know a lot of the same people and her shampoo girl was adopted and she wanted help finding who her biofather was So I did that. I helped her. I figured it out in like a month. And it was so cool because her brother, who she grew up with, was also adopted, but from the same mom, years apart. But they had been told that they had different dads, but I kind of proved they didn't, that they were full siblings. And it made her so happy.
1: Funny, because I had kind of given up on looking and uh, Megan that I work with, she had said, Don is such a nice guy, and she he mentioned that what you did for her. And I, and I, and I just speaking with her said, Oh, because I don't know who my father is. And, you know, having a conversation with her. And a person in a, a customer in a chair suddenly said, Well, what does it say on your birth certificate? And I I, someone I didn't know, and I and I said, It says refuses to state. And they kind of responded with, well, a man can refuse to state, but women can't. And, you know, going on that route. And I said, that's actually not how it went. My mom was the one that refused to state. Yeah. So I feel like when I ended up meeting you and you introduced yourself, I was like, well, this is interesting because it's just kind of coming to me. So I guess now is the time.
0: Right. So I walked in to get my hair cut was that the day i shaved my hair Uh uh-huh it was Uh uh-huh cindy said hey i want you to introduce somebody deanna and i think she did she say she doesn't know who her dad is she did right in the middle of like a salon full of people i was okay with that actually (laughs) i was not
1: uncomfortable and and i don't think it was like i don't think anyone was paying attention but i don't really care yeah at this point in my life i i don't care yeah (laughs)
0: So, yeah. And so I said I would help you. And and then you went away to Burning Man like the next day or something.
1: I was leaving. Yeah, I was going the next day and I was driving in and I was losing reception. And so I was at the airport and I think you were contacting me and it, it's like, oh, and I need to know, like to get this, you know, what I, and I'm like, well, I'm going to lose reception any minute and it's spotty. Okay, I have reception, this, you know, and, uh, you know, th- this is this is some information about myself. And then I I did lose reception for the most part um when i when i when I got there, but it was interesting timing. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm leaving on this. I'm going in and I'm gonna lose reception and I'm all frantic and and I've been like waiting my whole life to do this, and now it's like rush rush <laughs> I have to do it right now on the way in. but it worked. I think I got like some some stuff to you that you could use, right? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't remember. If you gave me the 23 Me stuff? Your, yeah, that's your, what I was trying to... Your password and stuff. Yeah, I was
1: like, oh, I have enough to... I think you did. I did it at the airport. Yeah, yeah. I had like a half-hour layover and I did right. that.
0: Was it August, Burning Man?
1: It was the end of August, early September.
0: Oh, okay. So, oh, I was thinking it was July. So I guess we haven't yeah, been working it, on it, it that it, long. It's
1: a week and it ends on Labor Day. So what that was this year, I think it was the... Beginning of of September,
0: can we pick the hottest week of the month to go spend no. in the desert?
1: <laughs> no, it was the rainy year. Part. Right, yeah. right. I know that I was going to say it, it wasn't it. hot at all. But and then it got all. Rainy. I was so excited. I saw it's not going to be hot because the year before it was 110 degrees. This year it was like it's going to be 80, 75. It didn't say rain. It was, it was, it was biblical rain. Yeah. So it yeah. was not hot though.
0: Yeah. It was all over the news. I was all worried about you. And I'm like, I don't I, even know her. Why am I so worried? about I it? was okay. <laughs> But like people were stranded and shit.
1: We were stuck there, but I we had uh, we had lots of food and uh, shelter and water, lots of water, everything, all the necessities.
0: So when I signed on to her account on Twenty Three and Me, I saw that her top match was Jesse Alsay Ramirez, who's born in nineteen ninety five, eight hundred and seventy two Cinnamorgans. which indeed they listed as a first cousin. So the first thing I did is I went and looked at the messages they shared between each other, you know, years ago. And the first one that Jesse had sent to Deanna said, Hello, Diana, Are you related at all to Bernadine C., Sabina K., or Bridget McGee? And then Deanna answered, Not that I know of. Actually, I only know relatives from my mom's side. I do not know who my dad is. So quick note here. So like I said, they matched at the 872 centimorgans, which 23andMe listed as first cousin. But, um... And interestingly enough, first cousin, the average cinnamorgans between first cousins is 866. So that's almost exactly. But what's even more exact is the average of half aunt and niece is 871. Again, Jesse and Deanna were 872 cinnamorgans. And not because of that, but because of their age difference. My assumption going into this was that Jesse was Deanna's half niece, which meant one of her parents was... Deanna's half-sibling. So I thought it was going to be a pretty easy case to crack. I'll tell you right now, I was wrong. (laughs) So the first thing I did was look up those three names on Ancestry and, and other sites like Been Verified. And again, it was Bernadine C., Sabina K., and Bridget McGee. So I'm using, obviously, the last initials of the other two, and the third one is a fake name. So when I started researching these Bridget was of Deanna's generation. She was born in 1965. And she had been married to Ramirez when Jesse was born, right? So that means that I was pretty sure that Bridget was Jesse's mom. And, you know, Jesse looked half Hispanic. So it all made sense. Again, Bridget was Jesse's mom. I'm going to tell you the order that Jesse asked Deanna, if she knew these women. She said, Are you related at all to Bernadette C., Sabina K., Bridget McGee? So Jesse was asking her if she was related. I'll tell you the relationships instead of the names this time. Are you related to my grandmother, my mom's aunt, or my mom? Like, who would list it in that order, right? Wouldn't everybody list their mom first? I mean, I would. So it just struck me as weird. Like, why would someone do that? It was a very strange thing. And I couldn't get it out of my mind.
1: And when she sent that, I didn't really pick up on it. I was more, like, I think, focused on the names. But, I mean, it really, at that point, maybe if I knew how, well, obviously, if I knew how to do it more, I looked into it. But I, I didn't see any of those names popping up.
0: So at this point, I was pretty sure Bridget was Deanna's half sister. We know that because Deanna matched with cousins on her mom's side on Twenty Three and Me, so she knew who her mom was, right? So the common parent she had with Bridget had to be her dad. So Bridget was Deanna's half sister. Bernadine was Bridget's mom. I found a birth record, California birth record, on Ancestry that proved that Bernadine was Bridget's mom. Then I found documentation that Bernadine had married a guy named McGee. And that was Bridget's last name when she was born, McGee. Her parents were married, Bernadine and Michael. It was kind of strange because Bridget was born in 65. And like six months later, those two parents got a divorce in 66. But that led me to believe that Michael McGee Fake last name was Diana's father. Simple case, right?
1: I told my sister about what was going on, and that, and and the Mickey person, and she got all. Well, he has a big forehead like yours. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> that's all she focused on. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and then, and then she said that uh, that person would definitely be mom's type. And then I said, "Well, I'm just gonna wait until things get proven, and my sister gets really hyper sometimes and like passionate about things and she's like, he's older and you have to send him you have to call him and just ask him if he remembers mom and I'm like i i i I'm just gonna wait until something's proven and she's like, well, like you should get a hold of him right away and just start asking him questions and ask him if he remembers mom and just call him. I don't know if I were you, I would call him today. And I'm like, well, I'm not you and I'm just going to wait uh, and 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 just see if there's like a little more proof before I go and harass this man. And I would like to have an approach that isn't, do you remember?
0: So at this point, I dove in and tried to place Michael McGee into Deanna's tree. I started building her tree, right? And in doing so, I researched the heck out of him. And I found found out a couple of things. One, he had a couple other kids, um, which would be Deanna's half-siblings. And he had a couple siblings as well. So I found he and his sibling's mom's obituary. It was kind of like not a newspaper obituary, but one that somebody in the family would do on Ancestry And it listed all of these grandchildren, including Michael's two other kids. But it did not mention Bridget at all. A woman who was born to Michael's wife when they were married and who had his last name wasn't mentioned. So I knew something was up. There was something odd going on here. So I just kept building this family tree out with, um, you know, matches that Deanna had on 23 Me, just trying to figure it out. And it was taking a while. Did you ever get, like, impatient? Like, Don? come on, figure this the fuck out. I mean, you never seemed like that at all.
1: I mean, I feel like it was taking a while. But I I feel like I was patient. I really wanted to have you know you had expressed that you felt like it was like this this close to to like you were ninety something percent sure that it was the McGee, but I felt like you wanted to like solid you make sure so yeah. I think my sister was getting very impatient
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, was- yeah i mean that's a like you have to be careful before you start knocking on someone's door and saying, "Hey,
1: that could be scary." You're my, I
0: think you're my dad, or she, you know, or you know, I think you might be someone I'm helping that. Like you have to be really careful, and and yeah, and so here, like here's the deal: I couldn't find, and it's not McGee because McGee's a little more popular than this name, but uh, you know, we're just using fake names. But um, there was nobody with that last name on 23andMe, and I found out who his parents were and his mom's maiden name. There was nobody in your, not your family tree, but I'm sorry, your 23andMe matches. There was nobody with her last name either. And it was just really, really, you know, confusing. So I decided just to, you know, do it the hard way, take the guesswork out of it. So I started building Deanna's tree based on matches on her 23andMe. And there were, Like, there was this one, like, I think she ended up being maybe second cousin once removed. And then she had three nieces. They all matched with Deanna, right? And so I just started building out their family tree. And there were Mormons all from Utah. And I'm not saying anything about Mormons. There are certain people, (laughs) there are certain parts of our society that have more kids than others. Like, you know, back in the day, Irish and Italians, because they were Catholic. But Mormons have a lot of kids <laughs> so I quickly this tree grew to like 200 people but I could not find McGee in that tree there was no McGee I could not place him in that tree and it was getting so frustrating but then I noticed on 23 and me there was people that were related to this last name Roeberry and then there's this other name from Utah this other name, Drobe, D-R-O-U-G-H-B-A-Y, from Utah. And then I found, and those two people weren't related to each other, right? If that makes sense. Um, On 23andMe, they were both related to Deanna. So I found that couple. They were married like in the 1800s, 1850s or something, whatever. And so I knew that Deanna's dad had to be a descendant from those two people because she was matching with both sides. Still. That was a lot of friggin' people. I was working on it a lot. And I think you kind of, to help somebody do this, you, you have to be an obsessive type. And I was obsessed. Every chance I could, I worked on this tree. But I got so frustrated because I could not place McGee in this tree that I walked away. I'm like, put it down, come back with fresh eyes. So I came back like a week later. When I came back, I thought, I'm going to approach it differently. So what I did was instead of trying to place McGee in that tree, I decided that, you know what? The biological dad is probably already in the tree and it's not McGee. So I started looking at it from that point of view. So I went through all the Mormons and then track who all moved to California, right? Because most of them stayed in Utah, but there were some families that moved to California. And I like on Ancestry, you can put photos for people in your tree, right? And so I just made up one that said the word California and put those throughout the tree Deanna's tree, which, as I said, two hundred something people on there. It narrowed it down. Like if you you take people that are close to Deanna's mom's age, and who were male and who lived in California at the time, it really narrowed it down to like five men, which I thought was pretty good. And still at this point, that's circumstantial at the most, right? <laughs> they lived in California. Like who you know, her mom could have went to Utah for a weekend and got pregnant, but it was better than nothing at all. So it was just a direction to go into. Yeah, there was this one guy who lived in the valley in Southern California where I live now, where Deanna lives now, where her mom lived. So I'm going to call him John Smith for lack of a better last name. His last name wasn't as common as Smith, but it was pretty common. So I kind of focused on him. He was the right age. They had both gone to high school in Glendale, California. So I was thinking maybe this guy's it. I mean, I had no other proof besides the speculation that he lived in California and he was a very, very, very distant relative of these Mormons that I had started tracing. So he had three sisters and one of those sisters had a daughter. None of the other ones seemed to be married. Even the one that had a daughter wasn't married. It still had the maid, her maiden name and the daughter had her maiden name. And so there was one gentleman, John. He had three sisters. One of them had a child. None of them were on social media. Couldn't find them to save my life. I was looking, looking, looking. And furthermore, I couldn't find him past 2006, right? Anywhere on like been verified or anything. No trace of him. I even got my friends at DNA Angels like, hey, I can't find any information on this guy. Can you help? And they're really good at this shit. They looked. They couldn't find anything. They're like, Don, he's a ghost. I wouldn't be surprised if he's either dead or in prison. Yeah, they were like, Don, you're John Smith? He's a ghost. So that was where I was left. And one of them was like, Don, you just have to get her to go on Ancestry. So then we had you take Ancestry. How did you feel about that when I called you and asked you to do Ancestry?
1: Oh, I was excited to do it, actually. I I had, like, thought about doing it, and I was kind of bummed that I hadn't already done it because it would have been a lot quicker because part of the taking so long was waiting for the results to come back from Ancestry took so long. So that was frustrating. Every day I'd like, look, well, it's been, you know, waiting to be analyzed for two weeks.
0: It's so frustrating when you're waiting for that. So tell us about the results from there.
1: When I got the results back from that, one thing I thought was kind of interesting because I guess technology's gotten more advanced and they could actually separate like your paternal and your maternal DNA so I could actually see like what I inherited from my father's side and from my mother's side that I thought was interesting but then another first cousin popped up that um, I reached out to and she was very sweet and very uh, forthcoming with um, information and names and really kind of curious about what I would find as well. When I told her why I was, you know, looking and I told her 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 response was like, "Oh, wow," like, you know, but um very cooperative and then that she gave her mom's number and uh, she gave her mom's name and um and then later her phone number.
0: Right. I think I asked her for the phone number. You right? did, yes. Yeah. Cuz so basically Again this was another one of Bridget's daughters um that you were actually your half niece not your first cousin but it you know same Cinnamorgan's. morgans so she sent some pictures of Bridget who's very pretty but you could tell she had had a hard life like you could just tell and I'm not judging that at all cuz i had a hard life <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like like i'm not judging it at all but like you could just tell that you know she'd been through it so i called her right yeah And so that name was in my mind. And I think I may have sent you a picture of him already, right? Did I do that breakdown when I put your McGee on one side and Smith on the other? You did. That was before we contacted Bridget, right?
1: It was. Yeah. I would ask all my friends and family which one they thought.
0: So I did, you know, one picture that had four pictures on it, right? Split. And the top two were the two different bio dads. And then the bottom two were you at different ages. And what did your friend say? Was it split?
1: Actually, my husband immediately was the Smith. I was at Thanksgiving uh, this year and my brother-in-law was like, oh, definitely Smith. And then my sister-in-law had to like think for a minute and wasn't quite sure.
0: Yeah. It's weird. I sent it to a couple of people as well. And I think three and two of them said Smith and then one of them said, well, maybe the other one, because the other guy, when you were both in high school, your noses looked similar. The uh-huh. the McGee guy. And so I couldn't totally rule him out. But I have to be honest with you, when I saw the high school picture I found of John, his eyes, I just I'm like, that has to be our father. But I didn't want to say it until we had proof. And so the um so I called Bridget. And what we knew about Bridget is she's born the same year as me in 65, but she was in a, is it a convalescent home or just a rehab? Like, not a drug rehab, but like a medical rehab where you go. Yeah, like
1: where you, you leave the hospital, but you're not ready to go home, right? Yeah, back like, in,
0: Yeah. And that she was waiting for a hip replacement. So I called her and I just, you know, sometimes you can pussyfoot around with it and say i'm helping someone fill in their tree blah 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 but i just i was point blank with her i said listen she matched to both your daughters as half aunt so i'm pretty sure she's your half sister and you know this you know on your birth certificate list your father and i and i did i'd apologize i said listen this is going to be really weird because i know a lot about your fucking family (laughs) Like, it's going to be weird, but I swear it's not a scam, blah, blah, blah. And so I um, I said, she's not matching. To it. I said, it looks like McGee was your father when you were born. But, you know, his mom left this obituary and they didn't mention you. They mentioned all these other kids. And she's like, she told me the story. She's like, no, he's not my dad. That I don't know how they knew because they got divorced after that, but he he's not my dad. My mom always said it was this guy named John Smith. And it was bingo. So so Bridget said, call my mom, you know, Bernadine. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, because we didn't know if he was still alive or not. But um, so I called Bernadine. And uh, sorry, I'm switching between interviewer (laughs) and narrator. Maybe I should do different voices like, oh, this is my narrative voice. Hi, this is Don Anderson. I'm the host of Missing Pieces. So hopefully it's not getting confusing. But right now, I'm narrator. So Bernadine confirmed what Bridget said, that John Smith was Bridget's dad and that she had heard that he had passed away. So, you know, so now I was 99.9% sure it was this guy, John Smith. But still, like, I felt... Bad because I got her hopes up about the other guy who was still alive. And so I really wanted to make sure before I, you know, said it was her dad. And so I went about on Ancestry and 23andMe and matched Deanna with relatives from each of his four grandparents, if that makes sense. And I did. I was able to do that. Didn't take me that long. So I was 100% sure then once I matched all four grandparents to your um tree and what did i tell you do you remember what your feelings were when i told you
1: i was kind of stunned you know i kind of have someone who like when i when i get information it takes me a second to process it i think i where was i when i found out i think you had told me i was i driving or like i was always like on the way to doing something to talk to you and i um i was just sending like to my like closest friends like okay so this is this is it this is who my dad is like sending a picture
0: so remember there were um John Smith had three sisters Stacy, Terry and Kelly, Terry spelled with an i and her middle name was Jean, J E A N spelled. So I figured it was a woman cuz her grandma was named Donna Jean. So they lived in the LA area and Stacy had a daughter named Shannon. So I asked Deanna if I could reach out to Shannon because I just wanted to see if we could find him, if he was dead, if he was alive, whatever. And she said, sure, no problem. So I got in touch with Shannon and I I kept trying to get her to take part of this podcast, but she's a little shy. So I'm just going to tell you this part of the story from her point of view. So one night she was driving around um, Glendale, where she lives, and she saw this bumper sticker. From this, on this car in front of her that said, Where the hell is Sunset Beach? or something like that, something to do with Sunset Beach, which is a small town on the coast. I think it's in Orange County, south of LA, very small town. But her two uncles had lived there. Note two uncles, we'll get back to that. But, and one of them was her uncle John, which she hadn't talked about. She hasn't mentioned his name in years and years, right? And, um, but what? But they were both from there, John and his brother. And so, and so she texted her uncle that was still alive, and said, "Hey, I just took this picture on this front." So she took a picture of the bumper sticker, and she pulled over, and she said, she sent a text to her uncle saying, "Hey, I just got this." I just took this picture in a car in front of me in Glendale, of all places. How weird that it's Sunset Beach, but it made me think of you, and it really made me think of Uncle John. I hadn't thought about him in years. And then ten minutes later, she gets this text from a complete stranger. Hi, Shannon. My name is Don Anderson, and I'm an amateur genealogist and have been helping a friend fill in their family tree. She's never known who her dad is, and after a lot of hard work, we think we narrowed it down to your Uncle John. Is he still alive? I hear a rumor he had passed, but can't find any proof. So that was the text, and it's a strange fucking text to get for anybody, right? But for a woman who just 10 minutes prior to that had taken a picture of a bumper sticker and sent it to her uncle, and mentioned this other uncle who she hadn't talked about in years is very strange. So about 20 minutes after I sent that text, I got a call. It was from the same number I texted. I answered, and it was Shannon. And basically she was just crying. The timing of my text to her was just crazy. And so it was kind of like a spiritual kind of cry. It wasn't really like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was very moving to both of us. And she said, my Uncle John died in 2014, and he was a very complicated man. He hurt a lot of people. But he did get sober at some point in his life. I don't know if he died sober, but I don't know. It was one of the coolest, strangest And actually, most beautiful phone calls I've had in a long time. And it turns out, Shannon and I know common people. So I put them in touch, these two first cousins, Deanna and Shannon. But I had to tell Deanna that her dad had passed away. And I was going to record it, but I just couldn't. So I just told her.
1: And I felt like, you know, it said that he had passed away in 2014 which is the same year that my mom coincidentally passed away and I felt like I uh you know was like wow I was like looking barking up the wrong tree like 20 years ago this person was still alive But um, I still wanted to, um, you know, like, look into the, you know, what else there was in, like, other relatives and, and that.
0: You know, I have to say that Deanna isn't the first person, first MPE that had been looking for her father for a long time and wasn't given the truth. And then when she did find out the truth... It was too late. He had already passed. Happens quite a bit. But she did reach out to Shannon.
1: I I, I believe like she gave the okay to give her phone number. Uh, yeah. Her me her phone number, and um, I called her. I think it took me a day or two just to, you know, okay. And when I spoke with her, we spoke for a long time. And she was very, very nice and uh, forthcoming. And I, and I felt comfortable talking with her. And she sent me a picture of her her mom who... Like she she thought had like a family resemblance to me, which I thought was a big compliment because her mom was very pretty. <laughs> was like, well, thank you. I don't know that we look right. Uh, just alike. But I do think, you know, that she's very pretty and she uh, but I do see what's funny is in um, in her in w- which would be my my aunt, I guess. I do see like a resemblance in her in with my daughter's eyes in her mom's like, you know, I kind of see that in her in her aunt a lot and I, I mean
0: i saw that picture i think you look like the aunt
1: oh you do your
0: aunt yeah and you know an are aunt niece relationship is the same as a half sibling so it, okay it, it, there's a lot of shared some organs. Okay. like 25 percent. yeah that and she was so helpful and just nice and and you're gonna meet her right i am
1: it's uh you know this is a, a new you know i think I, I talked to her like a week or two ago but both of us have been like busy on the days that were available so we have i i did reach out to her and so we have a plan um after after like the the holidays to like meet up and like meet for lunch and 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 see each other face to face so so when she was talking about my my dad she was just talking about the family and um she was asking uh you know she was telling me things and you know maybe i had this fantasy you know, because my family wasn't perfect. Like, I feel like I was raised with my grandparents. I had a stable home. I have lifelong friends. Like my best friend I met in this in seventh grade is still my best friend. And I and I had a stable life that, you know, I wouldn't have had with my mom who was married five times that moved all over the place. Um, And uh, so I'm thankful for that. But our family, you know, dynamic has like its challenges. So I think I had this fantasy that was like, oh, and this part of my family is so perfect. And then, you know, real like finding out that my dad had his own set of demons and, you know, wasn't this, you know, perfect person that had done some things that, um, weren't great and, um, had a problem with addiction and, and that. And like, I feel like, you know, I guess he, he, um, got sober, but had some anger issues and that, that was, that was kind of, um, hard to hear. I mean, or just like, Disappointing in that sense, like okay, well, this is a lot to process. Um, that I'm still processing, but it was kind of a relief to know. And I feel like Stacy is really kind. I felt like she's, I felt like my my gut instinct tells me she's a good person. And you know, at the end, you know, I would like to get to know her and and learn some other things like about the family like that further back and and, you know, go into, you know, get to know her more. And also the the niece that was forthcoming on uh, Ancestry, I I'm planning on like speaking with her very soon we've been texting back and forth and sharing things and I want to kind of have a a a conversation with her it's like saying she's in she's in college for art and uh, I just I'm her friend on on Facebook and she's an amazing artist and I feel like you know I'm kind of although like I would I have a desire to like get to know her and, you know, find out things, you know, just, just get to know her. She seems like a nice, a nice girl and she's talented. And I'm strangely proud of her, even though we've not really spoken in, you know, on the phone. I mean, I'm not related
0: to her and I'm so proud of her.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Like she
0: didn't have an easy life, like from the things that she's told us. And, and but she's like. And like, I feel yeah, like talking talented. to her and
1: being like, "Keep it up." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I
0: mean, no, but seriously, it's like it's so weird that we both got like that. Even weirder that me, maybe I don't know. But um, oh, great! I'm so glad that um, you and Shannon are going to hook up. So one final thing. Um, so the two uncles. So remember the three names. There was John had three sisters: Stacy, Terry, Jean, and Kelly. But guess what? Kelly's a boy. (laughs) Yes, he has two sisters and a brother. I didn't know that. And so it's kind of set me into, oh my God, he could be the father, right? Because I matched to all four grandparents. They have the same four grandparents. But thankfully, he was only 11 years old when Bridget was conceived, right? So Deanna and Bridget are definitely half sisters. If he was too young to be Bridget's dad, then he can't be Deanna's dad, so... Case closed. John Smith, it is. I'd like to thank Deanna for this long, long six months, and it's been great to get to know her. And thank you for your patience, and I'm so glad we figured this out. This is Don Anderson. I'm the host of Missing Pieces in PE Life. I'd like to thank Billy Sullivan of Sully Stone Music for supplying all the music on today's episode. Thank you, Billy. You can reach him at SullyStone.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast. That way you won't miss another episode. Thank you for listening.